Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in with us again for another week of the Uproar Podcast. Before we get into today's material, I want to go ahead and invite you to please rate this podcast, share it with your friends on social media, help us get the word out there and show people that God is still moving. He's still changing lives. Today's topic is going to be something that I think is really prevalent in everybody's lives, especially if you're a student, whether you're at the college level, the high school level, or even in the workplace. We're going to talk about identifying and overcoming temptation. Yeah, it's funny. I was just talking to a couple young men as we were getting back into the school year, and the one young guy just gave his life to Jesus, and he said this. He's like, man, Pastor Cody, I don't want to go back to school yet. Because I know being around these people, I know what it's going to do to me. And I'm scared because I don't want to go back to it. Man, the power of temptation is huge. And I think sometimes as Christians, we don't, we don't talk about the reality of being around in an environment with temptation all day, every day. And how it can weigh on your spirit if you're not properly equipped. So we want to make sure today, man, you're properly equipped. Go ahead and take notes. Go ahead and, man, get this into your spirit because you are an overcomer. Through Christ Jesus. You overcome by your faith, according to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. But how do you even know what temptation is? And I think that's so important because if you don't know what is right and what is wrong, you don't know what will hurt and separate you from the Lord, then you can go your whole life living like in a spirit of offense, or you can go your whole life cursing and not knowing like we get mad at people all the time but do they actually know and I think one of the most important things and it's so obvious but this is one of the most bible illiterate generations so far we need to know our bible man we need to know our word we need to know what is right and wrong we need to know God's expectations and really God's expectations aren't to hurt us like my daughter Sophia when she was about a year and a half two years old she kept going near the stove. So we taught my wife, my wife taught her very simply, when you go near the stove, it's hot. So we'd have her do this. We'd have her go near it and we'd be right with her. And we'd say, Sophia, put your hand out. And she'd put her hand out. And we'd say, now say, it's hot. And she used to say, hot, it's hot. And uh, it was so cool because we didn't teach her the stove was hot because we wanted to destroy her fun. We taught her the stove was hot because we didn't want her to get hurt. And that's the point of this is sometimes the stove looks tempting, but the wages of sin is death. It's painful. It hurts. God has these things in order so we don't hurt him and we ourselves don't get hurt. And that's what the word does. The word shows what is right and wrong. The word gives us and keeps us in a place of protection. But when we know the word, when we have the Holy Spirit, one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to give us a discernment or an ability to know what is right and wrong. I love Hebrews chapter 5. It talks about discernment and how we can know by exercising, we can come to maturity by exercising this thing called discernment. And I find the greatest way to stretch your discernment is A, to know the word, but B, to speak with God consistently. Like... You can ask God, God, should I go hang out with my friends after school? And he'll speak to you about the level of temptation. God, should I go to this party Friday night? Like, obviously, we probably already know the answer is (laughs) no. 
but he's going to let you know very clearly, Lord, should I go and spend time with this girl to study? Well, he knows the intentions of her heart. He knows the temptations that you're going to have. And because we have the ability to know or Bible word to discern, he'll reveal it to us. And one of the biggest things in overcoming temptation is knowing how to identify what will be a temptation. And it's so important that we get into our word. It's so important that we get into this level of discernment or, or, or a greater level of knowing right and wrong by the, by the Spirit of God. I think also it's easy too. Like, how does it settle in your heart? Like, yeah. if it doesn't settle in your heart right, don't do it. That's called discernment. And it's so important that we grow in these things so we can overcome, but first identify what it is. Yeah, think about how practical it is. I mean, how important is it to really know the Word of God? Because most people's temptation in life is not going to be like your friend calling you up saying, hey, let's go commit murder tonight. Right. Like that, most people aren't going to I'm get I'm erasing that phone your call. number and yeah, blocking if you. If somebody <laughs> calls you, here's a tip for life. If somebody calls you and asks you to commit murder with them, block their number immediately and, call and 911. move on. Yeah, call 911. Most Fast. temptation is going to come through just your old friends doing the same routine that they've always done. I like how the Bible puts it in Isaiah 5. Yeah. It says, my people, and this is the King James translation, it says, my people are held in captivity for a lack of knowledge. Some new translations say in exile. But the reason I like how the King James says it is because if you're not really well-trained in biblical principles and in what the Bible says, I believe it's possible sometimes to fall into temptation that you don't even know is going to cause you to be bound. I believe that you can get trapped up and tripped up in things that you won't even be able to identify until it's too late. See, nobody in the world believes that when they first, the first time they smoke pot or the first time that they get drunk, that they're going to be held captive or to have it. Sex. Yeah, nobody believes that they're going to be stuck in that for the rest of their life, that it's going to be a bondage. But see, you know, even the Bible says that sin is fun for a season. But that yep. season passes, and depending on what it is, it may pass in like five minutes. But whatever you're doing that's outside of God's will will lead you to captivity because you can only have one master. And whether the world likes to look at it like this or not, if you're not serving God, if you're not living by his principles, you are a captive. You're just a captive to the wrong person. See, you don't have, there's no such thing as like being completely free. You're either on the devil's agenda or you're on God's agenda, whether you like it or identify it. You pick what cup. First Corinthians 10 says you can only sit at the table of God or the table of the devil. Have you ever tried to see someone drink from two cups at one time? Half the time (laughs) I spill one cup down the front of my shirt. But like so many people try to drink two cups at the same time. It's impossible. Can't happen. And there is no such thing as living in between. There is no like common ground where you say, well, I don't believe in God or I don't want to serve God right now, but I also don't want to serve the devil. Just because you're not dancing around a pentagram in your dining room doesn't mean you're not working on the devil's agenda. Also, don't be friends with those people. Yeah, there's another tip number two for life today. If you're on Facebook and you're quoting us, don't be friends with people who dance around pentagrams on their dining room table. Terrifying. You know, I think this is a big problem in our world. Everybody just wants to fit in. Right now, we're in that, we're oh, in that yeah. social media stage where everything's got to be liked, everything's got to be retweeted, everything's got to be, you know, you've got to be popular. And I understand. I've been through high school. I've been through these things where being popular seems like it makes an easier path. But I want to tell you right now, when you come to a point in life where you've changed your life around, you've gotten saved, you're ready to move on to the next step where you're saying, I'm going to be effective for Jesus in my school, 
I think the first thing we have to do is we have to look at kind of how Paul was teaching in Ephesians 22. He says, he talks about putting off your old self completely, that all your previous desires, all your previous characteristics, they belong to the old man and he's dead now. The old man is gone. He doesn't exist anymore. So the problem we have is when we see a kid or a student that we have even in our ministry, they'll get saved. They go back to school and they're back to hanging out with their old friends every night of the week when they're not in church. And they may say, well, you know, my friends are smoking, but I'm not going to smoke. I'm just going to hang out with them. Or, well, they're going to a party on Friday night, but I'm going to drive that way. You know, I can talk to them maybe about Jesus on the way, and I can make sure they get home safe. I'll just be the DD. These things never work out. They never work out. The old man has to be completely dead. You can't keep someone partially alive and expect them not to have some kind of a comeback attempt. If you keep the old man partially alive, he will make an attempt at coming back into your life. 100%. And like you got to understand, not only is that gone, but there's been a replacing with something completely brand new. Mm-hmm. You are no longer even close to being the same person. Yeah. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Yeah. I love uh, the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, 6. It, it's so powerful. Because Jesus literally declares, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Mm-hmm. If you want to overcome temptation, you got to know who you are. You got to realize that God has called you to be the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to overcome temptation, you got to be the light. He also says that you are the salt of the earth. I heard one one guy. He was um, I was reading a commentary, and he said this. He said, "If not for a few." people that were still the salt, still the remnant of God, this entire world would be nothing but a stinking dung hill, yeah. which is a, a poop hill. Like literally, you know how wretched the world would be if not for a few people that continue to overcome temptation and be the salt of the earth? The salt is to preserve the earth. The salt is to, and a preservative keeps away mm-hmm. the nasty. It keeps <clears throat> away the stinking. It keeps away the rotting and makes it last for an, an, an appointed amount of time. And that's what we're called to do. But if we can't overcome temptation, if we can't overcome, we can't be the salt of the world. And they'll never come, they'll never be able to come to the Lord because we we serve really the same God they do, but we do, but we miss out on half the fun that they can have. And it's crazy. If we don't have a different result from a different God, why would they want to serve the different God that we claim to serve? Temptation has to be overcome. We got to make sure that we overcome temptation. We can't just be like everybody else. When we are like everyone else, we get the same results. And I know that you're seeking Jesus. You're listening to this podcast because you want a different result. You're not looking for the same thing. You're looking for something different. And I believe you need to overcome temptation. You can't have a fear of it. Just like I was talking about with that young man who said, I'm scared to go back to school. There's nothing to be scared of with with God on your side, with the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You are an overcomer through your faith. Who, If God is for you, according to Romans chapter 8, who can be against you? I really like, look at it. Who? Who is so popular in that school? Who is so powerful in that school? What force is so powerful that they can stand against you if God is in your corner? Nobody. There is absolutely nobody, nothing that can stop you if God is on your side. Uh, The Bible 
it, it talks about so much. And, and I don't want to make this religious either. I don't want it to be like, you have to follow these ordinances and rules. Or thou shalt be rejected from heaven. Like, <laughs> that makes it sound really awesome, doesn't it? Yeah. How do we make this not a, like, religious task list? Because I think that's what turns a lot of people off as well. How do you make it real? How do you make it about you? There's a really good question, and it's found out of what uh, what Solomon did with, with his first wife. And Solomon's first wife, he married one of Pharaoh's daughters. And we know in the Old Testament, you were not supposed to marry foreign wives because they had foreign gods and eventually you'd worship their foreign gods if you married a foreign wife so what he did is he married this foreign wife he didn't overcome temptation and he ended up started to bring her home but he knew he couldn't bring her to the city of david because that's where the the ark of the covenant was that's Mm -hmm. where the presence and power of god was Mm -hmm. so what he did is he built her a house outside of the city in a different city and it's crazy because we do the same thing. I've seen, I see a lot of people do the same thing. What they do is they'll do something over here, but not something at church. They yeah. won't overcome with their, when they're with their friends, but they'll profess at the altar that they're overcoming. Yeah. And, and, and it's crazy because here's the question I ask out of this is, if I can't bring it in, into the presence of Jesus, should it be in my life? Yeah. If you want to make it non-religious, just ask that question. If you want to overcome, if I can't do it right in front of Jesus, should I even do it? It's so much easier to, uh, well, let me pull out my list of do's and don'ts and see if I'm allowed to go and hang out with you tonight. No, just ask yourself that question. If I wouldn't do this right in front of God, if I wouldn't do this in front of the, like, even your pastor, like, would I do this if my youth pastor was right here? Like, that's a simple one, but take it a step farther. If I, would I do this with my, with, with my God Mm -hmm. right here? Yeah. Then just, it shouldn't be in your life. It's very simple. I'm so glad you brought that point up. That's point number two as to why it is so important important to know the Word of God. Because, you see, you want to you want to know how fast you can find out how much your sinner friends know about the Bible. Tell them that you serve Jesus and then drop the f bomb. Don't yeah. actually do that, but they'll know immediately. Like, oh, I thought you were saved. Why are you talking like yeah. that? Oh, I thought you were saved. Why are you doing this? Oh, I thought you served the Most High God. Why do you have a runny nose? Like, if you don't know the promises of God and you're not walking them out, your friends are going to be able to identify. It. And if you can't make They're your vicious re- every time, if you can't make your redeemed life look better than their sinful life, what do you really have to offer? And you know what? This is one of the things that drives me nuts the most. I can, when you see people today that don't have a biblical knowledge, they don't really know what God's inspired word says. Yeah. Then it just like it talks about it in Ephesians 4:14. It talks about how people were blown around and tossed around by every wind of doctrine. You can get somebody who is so sold out to Jesus They love worship. They love listening to preaching. They love praise, but they never spend any time in his word. And then as soon as someone who they think is saved teaches them something that's contrary to the word of God, they don't have the ability to discern it. And then they start changing and they start meshing their doctrine with somebody else's doctrine. How many times have I heard people say, well, didn't Jesus drink wine in the Bible? Why can't you just have one beer with us tonight? Or, right. well, didn't Jesus turn water into wine? Why would he do that if he didn't want people to get drunk? Like, you hear all these crazy things out there today. And if you don't know the word of God, how are you going to know what it is that you're supposed to believe? The most important foundational thing in any Christian's life is to know the doctrine that you believe. So important. 
It, it, it's absolutely vital. And like Zach was already saying, like the world knows what Christians should do. Every. We have two girls that just gave their life to Jesus last month. And like two popular girls in school. They're not like, like mm-hmm. people know who they are. And it's crazy how vicious their friends are. They're old friends. They're, they're, she was telling me that they're walk, they'll walk together through the hallway. And kids will be like, oh, there goes Adam and Eve. Like, all right, that's <laughs> weird because A, they're both girls. <laughs> but it's like, man, they're vicious, but they know how Christians should look. And if you want to overcome temptations, what do you do? Ask yourself that question. Would I do this right in front of Jesus? Yes or no? But then, like, you need to be active in it, too. Like, the Bible says to flee youthful lusts. Yeah. Flee. It's not a suggestion. It's not, like, think about running away. It's No, like, run. And when I think of flee, I think of sprinting away from, like, an angry dog. (laughs) Like, I don't think of, like 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 slowly sauntering towards the same direction and like literally i think of an angry like i think of freddy krueger chasing me and i'm like <laughs> sprinting in the other direction not that i'm scared of sin but like i'm so scared of the what it will produce in my life i want nothing to do with it yeah um the bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you so not only to flee, but also to resist. And they're both active things. If you want to overcome, you have to be active in your overcoming. Look at what Paul said. He said, I myself have to stay renewed so that I don't spend my entire life preaching to you and at the end of my life find myself to be a reprobate. Yeah, you It's have possible to. to be out there and be telling people about Jesus, but if you're not personally spending time with him, think about it like this. If sin didn't matter, If you could do whatever you wanted and still make it to heaven, if you could have sex with your girlfriend just because you loved her and you've entered mentally into a state like you're married. I plan to marry her. Yeah, I'm going to marry her. It's just a piece of paper. Why does it matter? If none of these these things matter because because grace is so prevalent, and I believe in grace. Thank God for grace. But if grace was the way that the church like broadcasted it to be today, then why on earth did God inspire John to write the seven letters to the churches telling them the way you're acting is going to keep you separate from heaven? Right. Why would he write those letters if sin didn't matter? Why would he write to the church in Corinth and tell them, go and sin no more? Like, why would he tell everyone? Why would he say, I don't want to end up being a reprobate? Why would these people in the Bible put such a heavy weight on living a righteous lifestyle if we could do whatever we wanted and still make it to heaven. Yeah, you, honestly, we need to identify temptation and we need to overcome temptation. You are not here to be beat up, to look like the world. You're yeah. here to overcome whatever the world throws at you. And, and why do we do this? Look, it's because we love Jesus. It's as simple as that. It's because we love Jesus. If you're saying, like... And, and Matthew and in Mark, when, when he was questioned, what's the greatest commandment? Mm-hmm. What was his response? It wasn't be perfect. The greatest response was love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And then love your neighbor was the second one. Yep. But literally the greatest commandment is love. And I was reading this the other day. It blew me away. I'd never seen this before. But this actually wasn't a new commandment. It's always been the commandment. Even at the beginning of the law in Deuteronomy... That was the commandment. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, is love the Lord your God with all of your, your, your strength, with everything that you have. Love the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool because I started to do some research in it, and actually that's a part of a Jewish prayer that they'd say every morning and every single night called yep. the Shema. And it, it's so cool because how easily we can make things religious 
Jesus wasn't giving them a new command. He was giving them an old command. And the old command to overcome temptation, to fulfill what he's called us to do, Mm -hmm. is to love him with every single thing that we have. And I think we need a greater love for Jesus. And it goes back to what Zach was saying a couple minutes ago. Man, we need to spend time with the Lord. You don't love somebody you never spend time with. We need intimate, spent time with the Jesus to fall with the Jesus, <laughs> to fall more in love with him. And honestly, guys, our podcasts are going to be a little bit more like this. We're okay with making mistakes and making it more conversational. Look at Go how ahead. Paul describes this. If you want to know how you should live your life for Jesus, he sums it up in one verse. But as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. You know how most people translate that? They think the word bondservants means slaves. You know what a bond servant actually is? A bond servant is someone who was a slave, yeah. but was f- released from service as being a slave, but said, "No, I love this family so much yeah. that I'm willingly going to continue serving them for the rest of my life." Be a bond servant for Christ this week. Don't be somebody who feels like I'm going to do this because I have to do this. I'm going to live for Jesus because if I don't, I'm not going to make it to heaven. Going to heaven is great. But be a bondservant of Christ this week. Position your heart to say, I'm going to serve Jesus because I love him so much that I want to keep his commands for the rest of my life. I want to do his work for the rest of my life. Make it your heart's desire that everything you do pleases God. See, your life is going to get much easier when you stop trying to please your parents, your friends, your teachers, your classmates, your workmates. When you realize, when the revelation comes over you, that the only person you have to please is God, your life gets much, much easier. Yeah, and then things fall into order, man. Things fall into... Just love the Lord your God with with everything that you have, and things start to fall into order. Don't make it religious. Don't be weird. Please, don't be weird. There's Mm -hmm. enough weird Christians... We don't need more weird. We just need people that love Jesus. And as you love Jesus, I promise you, temptation doesn't even look tempting anymore. Yeah, I'll tell you what, first. like, I have, seriously, I haven't been tempted to drink alcohol since I gave my life to Jesus. I haven't been tempted to smoke weed. I haven't been tempted with the things I used to be tempted with when I fell in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. The point, the goal to truly overcome is to love Jesus, is to operate in levels of faith, is to operate in levels of discernment, is to know the word of God and to run after him, to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. The crazy thing is like, you know, all of these things were, it was clothes. It was where to sleep. It was the things that we tried to acquire. work their entire life for. He's just going to drop them off at your front door. Things that people will spend an entire life sacrificing time with their kids, time with their family, things that people die for. He's going to drop them off at your front door. And any temptation, it means we're trying to fulfill a need or a want or a desire. Guess who also wants to fill that need, want, or desire? His name is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And guess who fills fills the need or desire better than the world ever can? You know what's going to be more fulfilling than that boy or that girl? Jesus, because he's not going to break up with you and leave you wanting more or like you've been used. Mm -hmm. Guess who's going to fulfill your need greater than that alcohol that's tempting? Jesus, because you're not going to make an idiot out of yourself and wake up wondering what you just did and sin against the loving God. Guess what's going to be more fulfilling than any temptation? Jesus. Mm -hmm. We just need to fall more in love with him. The goal, the win, the victory to overcome is fall in love with Jesus, to love him with everything that you have, and to be out of captivity 
and to run after him with nothing else holding you back. Hey man, we've been asking you guys the last couple weeks to go ahead and quote some of the things on here, to share the link, to tag a friend, but we want to know what God is doing in your life. We put these out every single week, but we would really like to know what is happening in your life. Part of this is like throwing a random water balloon into a crowd. You don't know who gets hit by it. We want to know what God is doing through this Upper Road podcast in your life. So if you could inbox us, if you could share publicly, if you could let your friends know, just let some, let someone know what Jesus is doing in your life and how this is impacting you in a positive way. It would help us tremendously. But we, we thank you. We want to encourage you. We have some Upper Road one nights that are coming up. Check the website. Check social media. You'll be seeing those shortly. And uh, we have some announcements about Upper Road Conference very shortly. Enjoy Amen. your day. Remember, stay away from people who dance around pentagrams. Or that call you about murder. And that concludes another week of the Uproar Podcast. We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.